0: Welcome to the Take 5 podcast from Fortinet. You give us a few minutes, and we provide five cybersecurity tips and best practices for today's technology leaders. This podcast series taps into the experience from the Fortinet Field CISO team and the work being done with and through our ecosystem of partners, technologies, and experts. I'm your host, Rick Peters, Fortinet CISO for Operational Technology, And today we're talking with Bob Turner, former CISO and Director of the Office of Cybersecurity at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and most recently joined Fortinet as the CISO of our education practice. I'm thrilled to welcome you, Bob. Glad to be here and I appreciate the opportunity. Well, this is going to be a fun conversation, so let's jump right into it. Uh, let's start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and why cybersecurity is important to you.
1: Yeah, so let's start with the why cybersecurity. I blame my dad. Uh, he introduced me to, to the world of radio communications uh, when I was a teenager, and, and just the simple thought of talking to people around the world and you know pushing data via radio waves captured my attention and really drove me into technology as a career. Uh, i have been in the information security part of the business since i was 19 a, a, a young sailor on a submarine i was the classified material uh, custodian and uh, was responsible for secure networking and telecommunication on a submarine you know that was there was no cyber back then <laughs> but there were you know files and folders and and stuff that had to be uh, stored in a safe and there was encryption and circuits that had to be secure and reliable and and it was just interesting to to understand how all of that worked, and 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 frankly, it's been a, a driver throughout my career. So you know, of course, now um, you know we're we're dealing with uh, the the uh, the what I call the AIC triangle. Everybody else calls it the CIA triangle, but availability really now is the the king, and that's probably the the most important part of cyber, in my view, especially my recent experience in, experience in higher ed. I mean, it really is all about uh, not disrupting the availability leg in order to get the, the job done and,
0: and keep the business moving forward. You know, it's interesting, Bob, we always c- consider degrees of separation and clearly you and I weren't that far apart. I, when I started out with the intelligence community, and I say I was a cryptologic engineer. And uh, indeed, that was way before cybersecurity when we were dealing with the, the term comsec. You know, which meant communication security material. So, when you were talking about those things and talking about a, a sea vessel, specifically submarines, I could get it completely. So, that's very cool. Hey, let's, yeah. let's uh, t- turn the page here and talk about what's motivating change in education and how is that impacting how you think about cybersecurity?
1: Well, you know, research, teaching, and outreach are are in higher education. That's the business, um, and and if if that business has um, uh, issues with it uh, from either you know uh, user behavior or or external forces like nation state or or criminal syndicate hackers, that's a big problem. You know, the worst thing that I can I can have kind of going back to the availability thing is is if something critical to the university's mission, you know, teaching, uh, research, and outreach, if something critical to that goes down because of that, then then that's where the, the change has to occur, is you have to be able to shore up your defenses. You know, the volume of high value information, whether it's student financials, personal information, or, you know, just the content inside of learning management systems, that's important stuff. You know, we need to be secure or discoveries aren't happening or learning doesn't advance. And, you know, the the universities, the larger ones are multi-billion dollar a year businesses.
0: Well, certainly they are targets of value. I just think about the intellectual property alone, right? And you have mm-hmm. that of, of the need for protection. And then you think about the infrastructure and all the privacy information that's available and you just have layers of a need that requires great attention because obviously the the risk is high, and you know, that's an absolute necessity here in 2021 to be doing everything we can to to uh, protect those assets.
1: Yeah, well, and the changes uh, are in fact more and more disrupting and impacting uh, availability. You know, uh, remember Zoom bombing from you know the beginning of the pandemic world. Um, or, or, you know, the impact of not having rural broadband available for a lot of the people that had to be remote, that's, that's a big deal. Um, but it's also, you know, uh, worrying about disruption and disruptions that carry headlines with them are, are not the kind of disruptions that higher education really needs to deal with because there are more important things to be worrying
0: about. Well, that's a great segue into this next question, and that is how real is the concern around an expanding threat landscape to leaders in higher education and even through K to 12. You know, breaches
1: and cyber events that cost time and money Um, that could be better used to advance learning. Obviously, Uh, I was reading that the average cost of a data breach uh, in the education vertical is about three point seven something million Uh, And, and that was, you know, recent data. So just July of uh, this year was a report released on that. Protecting information enterprises like um, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where I was at, or uh, even a large K-12 school district, it's expensive. You know, doing security right is not only an operational issue, but it's also a business survival issue. If you invest more than the uh, more than is necessary or don't invest enough, you're going to have issues.
0: Isn't that interesting? We always think about the return on investment, even in the education space, when the t- table stakes are high, right? When you talk about the cost approaching of $4 million, I mean, clearly the stakes are high. You know, what advice do you offer peers when you're asked about the introduction of you know things like 5G, so technology and the evolution of the internet of things, IOT devices, in, into the educational environment.
1: Yeah, so when I think about new technology, and especially 5G, I mean, I, I, I think it, be, it actually makes networking a little bit easier. You sort of change the perimeter just a little bit. You know, 5G enables greater bandwidth without having to pull cable. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Uh, but it's also an, uh, understanding that uh, having that capability available to us Helps us penetrate the underserved parts of a campus uh, system that is normally served by wireless, and the bandwidth is awesome. Educational technology is is a is a, a bandwidth hog, and and they're je- definitely going to benefit from something like five G. Uh, also, think about you know out in the the research world where, if the area you're doing your research in is serviced by something like that, the education. Uh, uh, is is one side of it, but the ability to do research where you're no longer tied to labs and classrooms, you know, where the high-speed drops are present, and it's just going to improve the research. It's going to improve the quality, and improve the volume of data that you can gather and and, and analyze.
0: So I, mean, I love that the thought about the trade space, right? And it is understanding that innovation, right, allows us to do so much more mm-hmm. capitalizing on the knowledge of what that what that technology will bring to bear to say, okay, what's my, my proportional investment to ensure that it gets fielded and deployed properly to protect the very assets that I'm trying to move? Because uh, certainly we know there's great competition out there for the data, data within the enterprise itself that's being shared within that community. And then data, of course, that's being hunted or sought by the bad actor, right? Those who are seeking to disrupt and showcase their tradecraft. So it's an interesting time. And uh mm-hmm certainly competitive time in, in understanding what it means to move information efficiently and to leverage these technologies that allow us to do so much more in, in an efficient and effective manner yeah. hey i'm going to ask now as as you think about um abroad i say let's go up five thousand feet how critical is an overall platform approach when it comes to securing the educational landscape
1: you know, I uh, one of the things about uh, coming to Fortinet that is is rapidly impressing me is the, the fabric approach. You know, the, the 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 operating system commonality, the the fact that things are are designed intentionally to interoperate. That is that's what's going to help education tremendously. You know, many many a university like. I experienced in Madison, have a mixed bag of tools that support the networks and and even a greater mixture of tools that support the teaching, learning, and outreach. And and so having a platform that in effect integrates those functions, uh, those tools are easier to support and and you have a a lower cost overall. And it's all about cost in education, especially in the public sector, Uh, cost and performance. If you have a tool that doesn't work because it won't talk to another important tool, like your uh, endpoint protection won't talk to your SIM, that's a big problem. Uh, the challenge, of course, is getting a the diverse and mostly distributed group of technologists to embrace the concept. You know, they, they, uh, they tend to gravitate towards that which would they know, but a platform approach certainly will ease the burden in helping them understand.
0: Yeah, you know, Bob, it's interesting. I listened to you talk about Fortinet because, you know, you're, you're digesting a lot right now. And, and I recall being in that same space. And I would say that throughout my experience, the thing that gets me most excited is that we do so much that's purpose-built with the idea of getting a greater return on investment. And certainly that's going to be very attractive to education. And I think the other piece that, that fits so was well this notion of now nobody flying solo, the idea of partnership being foundational to success and extending that notion out of building trust and then building the confidence to have those technologies just be present within the infrastructure itself and actually within the education system. So it's indeed an exciting time.
1: It, it is, and, and I think the the, <clears throat> the promise of partnership that starts at the university level, but then it also goes out to the people that are helping to provide those solutions. So it's great, I'm loving it. Splendid,
0: Bob, I wanna, again, uh, just suggest that our team's excited and I'm welcoming you to Fortinet. And I really thank you today for taking a few minutes to join our take five podcast. Thank you. I appreciate the, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And to our listening audience, thanks for joining us for this episode of take five, visit our website, www.fortinet.com forward slash education to explore how the Fortinet security fabric supports the physical and cyber security needs, and that's across K-12 and higher education environments. The Take 5 podcast is brought to you by Fortinet, securing your digital innovation across the entire digital infrastructure, whether in network, application, multi-cloud, or edge environments.